I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land Stick to Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Tia Johnston. Tia, this is the first time that there's been no football to really talk about. We had weeks where, because of COVID, there was no games, but there was still football to talk about. We are officially entrenched in the offseason now. How do you feel about that? It's weird, but I also feel like, and I wrote this in our Buckeye Bits yesterday, like the news cycle is still going strong because of all of the NFL draft talk. So I feel like once that's died down, I'm going to yeah. be like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah, but then by the time the draft stuff ends, which is like in May, it's time to start thinking about the fall again. So really, Ohio State football news never stops. It'll be a little quieter. <laughs> Um, for the next few months while we're just like looking at people where they're going and for the draft. But, you know, spring spring practice is coming up in a couple months like it never really ends. So between now and September, when they presumably kick off on their next games here on Stick to Sports, we will talk about the things around the periphery of Ohio State athletics. Maybe we'll actually talk about basketball. We haven't talked about basketball at all. Tia. Do you, did you remember there's an Ohio State basketball team? I mean, I'm starting to get into it now. I'm I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I definitely like get the gist of what's happening just based off of our Slack channel. <laughs> yeah, the orange ball goes in the net. <laughs> That's and you can about dribble. all I know. <laughs> okay, just all right, kidding. Well, we'll, get, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Uh, but we also talk about the things that keep us distracted and entertained in between the games. But Tia, like you said, we have had a bit of news surrounding the NFL draft this week already, mainly because underclassmen had to declare their intentions of either staying in college or going to the NFL draft on Monday. But what's interesting, because of this weird extra year that everybody is getting from the NCAA, seniors who otherwise would have had their eligibility expire following the national championship game do have the option to return for another year. Despite the fact that underclassmen had to, to make themselves eligible for the NFL draft on Monday, those players actually don't have to make a decision until March. Now, I would imagine, Tia, because they're... If they do go to the NFL, they're going to want to start their draft training and all that stuff, even though there's not going to be an NFL combine this year. And they want to let Ryan Day know whether or not they're coming back so they can move forward with recruiting coming up. You know, the National Signing Day is in just a, a couple of weeks for a few spots left. They want to know what their roster is going to look like. Um, but we want to go through and talk real quick about some of the players who are staying and some of the players who were leaving. Some of the ones that are on their way out are no surprise. Justin Fields is gone. Wyatt Davis, who I think was a consensus All-American this year, he is headed to the NFL. Um, Tommy Togiai is also headed to the NFL. Then um, a couple redshirt juniors who I thought could go either way. Josh Myers, just because he's an offensive lineman and not exactly sure where he falls. But then Sean Wade is gone. So, Tia, about those guys that left early, Fields, Myers, Davis, Wade, and Togiai, what are your overall thoughts about them leaving Ohio State, what their legacies are, and what their chances are moving forward into the NFL process? I'm really not surprised by who all is leaving. I think I 
I held out a little bit too much hope on Justin Fields just because I wanted to and it made me feel better. Oh yeah, that never had a shot. <laughs> like, I never know that there was like a rumor staying. and I was like, ooh, I'm going to hold on to this rumor just for my mental state. But no, all of those guys, I think, well, okay, all but one, I think it's smart for them to leave. But I I just am still... I wonder who the other one was. <laughs> I'm still just like... Sean Wade, I don't know why he's leaving. I just, it's not a good time for you to leave, especially when you're granted this extra year. It's like a gift to you. You didn't have a great season. Just come back, like swallow your pride. I know you did all that like ESPN shenanigans. Just swallow your pride, put your head down and have a great season next year. And I feel like you would go so much higher than what you're probably going to go. That's my only one where I like was like, eh, I don't know about that. Well, here's the thing. Like, I understand why he's leaving because he obviously turned down what would probably have been first round money last year to come back to Ohio State. That's a lot of money that he will never get back. Even if he'd had a great season and he went first round yeah. after this year, you lose a year of your career, essentially, because you don't get that money from last year. If he were to come back uh, to Ohio State and then go, you know, move himself back up into the first round, he could go in the 2022 draft, but then he's losing two years of potential NFL money making. Now, granted, going as a third, fourth, I still think he's athletic enough and, and good enough that he can be a third round pick. Obviously, third round money is not nearly as good as first round money is, but you're getting paid and like that starts your clock as to when you can become a free agent. So I don't, I've talked about this before and I don't remember if it was here or somewhere else, but just like, you know, it starts the clock towards getting another contract and you're making money and you know, I get it. Like I, he might feel a little burned by the Ohio state secondary situation. Maybe he is not as big of a fan of Kerry Combs, just like a lot of fans aren't. So maybe that has something to do with it too. And he just didn't feel like he was used properly, but I mean, he came back to be an outside cornerback. He made himself into an NFL first round draft pick uh, prospect by being a slot corner. There was always going to be a risk moving outside. I honestly am shocked that he struggled so much with this um, this year. But I don't I, I mean, how much of that was was scheme? How much of that was coaching? How much of that was not having um, a, a dominant pass rusher, despite the fact that they were very good at getting pressure? They didn't have a real sack leader. How much of that was the fact that the other corners weren't very good? I don't I don't know. So I never begrudge anybody from going and getting their money. Could he have potentially made more as a first round draft pick if he went in the 2022 draft? Maybe, but he's missing out on that. Then his rookie contract would be longer if he goes and turns into a great NFL player. His his third round contract, I think, is like three years as opposed to a first round contract is four years. So he's got a chance to 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 cash in on a big free agent check earlier. I just I thought I thought if he came back, it probably would have been smart for him. But like, I get it, I guess. I mean, like you I, I never want to tell people don't get your money because you never know, especially in football, when that money could be taken away from Yeah, especially when you see like Jordan Fuller, like I wasn't expecting him to yeah. have the rookie season he has. And then J.K. No. Dobbins was essentially named RB1 today. Didn't they cut Mark Ingram? Oh, I didn't see that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you see those success stories and we obviously know Sean Wade is talented, but it kills 
him that the combine was canceled or is going virtual or whatever it is. Yeah. Like he could have really benefited with a combine workout, but yeah. you know, yeah, go get paid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another guy who probably would have really benefited from a combine invitation is Tommy Togiai, who, when he came into Ohio state, they talked about the fact that he could probably bench press a Mack truck. And um, <laughs> I forget who it was. Was it um, Taraja Mitchell tweeted yesterday yeah. after Tommy Togi? I said he was going pro. Like t- uh, Taraja said that Tommy was going to break the NFL combine bench press record um, or whatever. I don't know if it's considered yeah. the, the combine or whatever. I believe it. Like the dude is strong. I would have loved to have seen him back for another year. I have a feeling he probably got a really good grade and that's why he's going. He was one of the highest rated um, defensive tackles in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. So I'm not surprised that he's leaving. I would have loved to have seen him back in the middle next year. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, he's a guy who probably is going to be another one of those Ohio State guys who just ends up playing forever. Like Cam Hayward, like I, he's still like one of the best defensive players in the league. And yeah. you're just like, how long has he been in the league? Like he's been in the league forever. <laughs> I mean, I remember when we did our players of the decade uh, last year going into 2020 Tia and people were mad that you didn't have him on your list. He didn't play in the previous decade so, yeah, at Ohio yeah. state or something like it was something like that where like, he just didn't play. He played like his, his last year was I don't know 2009 or 2010. However, we broke down the decades and it was like, he didn't play in the past, whatever many seasons. And it's just like, he's been in the league forever and he's still one of the best players. And I feel like Tommy Togiai very well could be like that. Uh, in the NFL moving forward. So I feel like we've heard from everybody. Well, yes and, yes and no. Um, by not hearing from guys, we essentially heard from guys. True. So we didn't hear anything from Nicholas petit Frere, Josh Proctor, um, Seven Banks. Um, um, I think those guys are the three we didn't hear anything from, which essentially means they're back. Yeah. Um, those are underclassmen who... If they didn't say anything publicly, they didn't secretly submit their paperwork to the NFL and then just didn't tell anybody publicly. So um, NPF, Proctor, and Banks are all back, which is, honestly, I thought NPF and Proctor might go. NPF more than Proctor, but I think that's great um, for both the offensive line and the defensive secondary to have those three guys back. We did hear from Thayer Munford, who is also back. So um, two guys in him and NPF who could have left on the offensive line who are back, which is huge. Yeah. We also heard from defensive end Tyreek Smith, who um, is going to be, you know, Jonathan Cooper is is leaving as well. So having one of the starting defensive ends back is great. And we heard about two pass catchers that I was a little surprised about, one more than the others. But first we heard about Jeremy Ruckert. He is coming back. Um, which I think is great. He obviously had a little bit of a run in the Sugar Bowl, but he is one of, if not the best blocking tight ends in the country, which is always sought after in the NFL. But then we heard Chris Olave is coming back, which, if that's not the best news we could have gotten on a Monday, I don't know what is. (laughs) Um, I called my dad afterwards. I said, you see, uh, so do you see Chris Olave made his announcement? He's like, oh yeah, he's going pro. I was like, no, he's coming back. He's like, no, he's not. I said, yes, he literally is coming back. He didn't believe me. So he's coming back. I mean, I, and I think we talked about it in our Slack channel. Then some other people, I think Josh Perry actually said it on uh, on Twitter. The fact that Chris Olave and Jeremy Ruckert to a lesser extent, but especially Chris Olave is coming back. To me, that means that he really likes what he's seeing out of one or both of the freshman quarterbacks from this past year, um, Jack Miller or CJ Stroud. Um, I don't think he would have come back 
on the potential of Kyle McCord, um, who's going to be a true freshman. I'm assuming he's coming to campus soon, uh, like it, within days or weeks or whatever. I don't know when the, the reporting now, but so that just makes me feel like Chris Olave knows that if he's back next year, one of these guys who will be, I guess they're, I, are they still freshmen next year? Cause this year doesn't count. I don't know, but I feel like he's got to feel like Miller or Stroud is good enough for him to risk an extra year of college on, don't you think? Yeah, especially when ESPN's Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper just said that Chris Olave, just within these last two games, increased his draft stock tremendously. So he's riding on all this momentum into the draft and every single NFL team is watching you in the national championship. And the fact that you're still just going to return to college after that, like even though you're pretty much guaranteed a draft pick, a pretty high draft pick, I totally agree with that. Says a lot about the quarterbacks, which is just... It's encouraging. Very comforting because... (laughs) I literally keep forgetting that it's like, oh, wait, we don't know much about our starting quarterback next year. They were supposed to get a bunch of time in mop-up duty this year, and that never happened for whatever reason. I don't know that either of them threw more than a pass or two. If that, did they even throw passes? I don't remember. But No, I remember watching every game like get Justin Fields out of there. I know. Yeah, so it looks like as I'm looking at the stats – um, neither, or actually Justin Fields is the only person to throw a pass for Ohio State. I mean, Drew Chrisman didn't even get to like a <laughs> fake punt or anything. There was no, nobody else threw a pass for Ohio State, which is what I thought. I mean, that's just insane that yeah. you can win. I mean, you can have like a margin of victory of essentially 15 points per game and you can't get a backup quarterback in to throw a pass. And like they got in CJ Stroud um, had a a 48 yard touchdown run, which was awesome. Jack Miller had a touchdown run, I think in the the season opener, but like they got in a little bit, but not enough, but that tells you a lot. But I think it also goes back to uh, to something we talked about following the sugar bowl that Chris Olave seems to be a, a, a fairly, well, he seems to be a guy who's who's lives his life led by emotions. Like we know how how much the Fiesta Bowl of 2019 meant mm-hmm. to him and his preparation for everything that happened in this 2020 season. And I would imagine that coming up short um, and kind of getting a little bit embarrassed, although the offense wasn't horrible against Alabama, I would imagine that that was a reason why he felt the need to come back. Um, and I'm sure it's not the only reason. I'm sure he loves being in college. I'm sure he loves the quarterbacks. I love the, I'm sure he loves working with Ryan Day and Brian Hartline. But I it just kind of feel like he's a guy where those types of things are incredibly motivating for him and are, are deeply personal. And I, I would guess that losing to Alabama like he did, like he wants to run it back one more time to try to fix that. He corrected everything that happened against Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl in, against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl this year where he was amazing and they embarrassed Clemson. I'm sure he wants to go out and either have a chance to get some revenge against the Crimson Tide or to have a chance to actually win the national title. Yeah, I mean, I I personally probably would have, you know, declared for the draft if I'm him, but like Show I me the money. am not going to complain about getting Chris Olave back. I saw a tweet and it was like, this is like signing a six like star. A six yeah, star. I saw it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and that's the thing. It's like, look, I am somebody who feels like you need to listen to players. Like players need to have control over their own um, decisions. If normally, I think that means yeah. that they, if they want to set out a bowl game, that doesn't matter. That's fine. If they want to go early, that's fine. Normally, I'm on the side of go get your money. 
this is this is like your job interview. College football is your job interview and your preparation and your training. Go get paid. For sure. But on the flip side of that, if a guy wants to come back, I have to honor that as well. And I feel selfish doing it because that means my favorite team gets him for another year. So I feel bad. Like, I feel like I'm doing it wrong by being glad that he's coming back. I feel like, hey, man, go get your money. But if that's not important as important to him and if it's more important for him to come back, good for him. Absolutely. So that is obviously a very good story, Tia. And that is the good news of the week for us. But we decided since there's not a ton of other things going on in the Ohio State world, right now, we would follow that up with some good news stories from outside of the world uh, of Ohio State football. They can be anything. We did not share these with each other uh, ahead of time. So Tia, what is your feel-good story uh, of the week that you want to talk about? So I feel like everybody has seen this already, but I just have to include it in this, which is the Oklahoma State University basketball player story. Did you see this? I did. Okay. Yeah. So Oklahoma State University basketball player D. Mitchell has been working 40 hours a week at Walmart on top of his full-time class schedule and basketball practices to pay for his schooling because he was not on a scholarship or anything like that. And then his head coach decided to surprise him with a scholarship while he was working his shift at Walmart. So there's a video and I'll like link it in the article. But the head coach surprises him, walks in, and he has the whole team on Zoom on a laptop And he tells Mitchell that he's giving him a scholarship due to the fact that he works his butt off. He never complains and he stays late and he's he exemplifies everything he wants in for his basketball team. Um, And so you see D Mitchell like crying when he receives the news. And oh, my gosh, I'm like tearing up talking about it. Like I can't even imagine working a full time job as a full time student without playing sports, let alone you're also a basketball player. Like you've got three full time jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my good news. Oh, it's it's you have to watch the video. I did not do the story justice. <laughs> no, it's great. That was on my list. Um, I wasn't going to use that one because I feel like a lot of people saw it and I figured yeah. you might have, you might do it as well. Um, but those kind of scholarship things always are really good. They always make me tear up. So that's, that's very good. So my story is also one that is uh, tear inducing and it's, um, it actually came from over the holidays so I have friends who were adopted. I have friends who have adopted children. And so this story was very cool. It's this grown woman who was basically essentially raised by her neighbors across the street. They they basically took care of her um, since she was a child. This woman has now grown up. She's married. Um, I think she even has a kid of her own. But for Christmas, the, her, her surrogate parents gave her a box for Christmas and she opened it and it was official adoption papers because you can adopt anybody. You can adopt no matter how old they are. They don't have to be under 18 or 21 or whatever to be adopted. And they uh, uh, they officially adopted her and officially made her part of their family. And it was I was just crying and everything. It was so cool. I'll put the video in there, too. So I love that. Like, I just love those kind of stories where. You know, I've I've said before, like, I'm a sentimental cry. It's like the emotions that are so built up in those family relationships that even if they aren't technically family, they're family anyway. Um, But to go from chosen family to official family is very cool. So I'll throw that link in there. But there's one more story to you. I don't know if this is feel good, but it is certainly (laughs) a funny 
story. It makes me laugh. And as I told you before we started recording, this might be a little inappropriate. So you can edit or bleep or whatever you want. But <laughs> you're familiar with with this woman who runs a lifestyle blog named Gwyneth Paltrow, aren't you? Yes, like the goop or whatever. Yes. <laughs> actress, okay. Academy Award winning actress, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow runs a website called Goop. One of the one one of the things they sell is I'm going to use technical terms here is a is a scented candle that smells like her what like I, I'm not going to use technical terms because that smells like her nether regions what? or maybe it's not hers maybe it's just in general. Uh, this is a thing that this has been out like these are this is official. These are news stories Like you can look it up like this is not a joke. <laughs> Smells like her area. And, I'm... and there's a story, according to the sun, um, a woman named Jody Thompson had that candle in her living room when it exploded. <gasps> this candle, the vaginal candle from goop exploded and burst into flames. Of course, Horrible for for Miss Thompson. Hilarious for everybody else. Um, I'm she said, so confused. I yeah, it's um, that she said her quote was, "I've never seen anything like it. The whole thing was a blaze, and it was too hot to touch. There was an inferno in the room." Um, yeah. yeah um, okay, I have two questions. Yes. Why? Why? I, I don't. Why would you make that scent? One, two. Why would you buy it? I like. Why did this woman buy this candle? I don't care that it blew up. I want to know why you purchased it. Yeah. In the first place. Yeah, well, I think. I mean, first off, the candle's seventy-five dollars, so that must be a great smelling oh candle. I think that's actually just like a marketing thing. Like, I don't think that's actually what it smells like, but that's how it is described. Like, I don't think they like sampled the actual scent and made it into a candle. I think that's it's just something that smells nice and that's what they called it. But still, it's just what in the hell is I, you know, and I like Gwyneth Paltrow as an actress. I like Gwyneth Paltrow as an actress, but Goop is ridiculous. She so also so sold an like some sort of egg that you're supposed to put in that same region. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, what the hell is going on? So anyway, not a feel good story. <laughs> I just like typed it into Google and yes. it's like all these headlines. It's like Gwyneth Paltrow's yes, I'm not vagina making this candle up. exploded. I am not making <laughs> like, this no up, people. This is legit a real story. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. I just, I, Gwyneth Paltrow, what have you done? Like, this is like, oh, what's her name? Hilaria Baldwin. And then this news is like, what's <laughs> keeping me going during yeah. these times? Seriously. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Like, I love me some pepper pots in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> but like this is just this is just too much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Tia. So like we said, there's not a ton of of football or Ohio State content, especially since you don't know what the basketball is. <laughs> Um, so we wanted to do some things. We've been doing this podcast now for what, three, four months. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been working together for over a year. I mean, two years. Uh, no, coming on two years. years. Yeah. A year and a half. Um, split the difference, <laughs> but we wanted to do, <laughs> we wanted to do some questions like to get to know you questions. Like, even though technically I did your interview when you were first hired to, uh, land grant Holy land, we want to do kind of like. In interview questions, not but like the normal interview questions, like what's your what's your greatest strength or what's your greatest weakness, but some things to get to know each other well. So, Tia, this was your uh, idea. You've done this before on the mm-hmm. Play Like a Girl podcast with Meredith. Um, so I'm going to let you kind of lead this and we'll just see where it goes. Okay. Neither of us know what we're going to ask each other. So we're getting caught off guard here. Correct. If you could be any character in fiction... Who would you be? Like TV, movie, book, any character. I, I don't know how to read, so I'm glad you clarified that it's not just... Um, <laughs> mm. Okay, so this is going to be an, a weird answer because this guy is... This character is not like somebody who's had a great life. Um, a lot of crazy bad things have happened to him. But he's interesting and there's some stuff that goes on. So yeah. I am okay. going to say Kevin Garvey who is one of the main characters in the TV show The Leftovers. He's played by Justin Thoreau, former Mr. Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) If you don't know what The Leftovers is about, at the beginning of the first episode, at the very beginning, like 3% of the world's population, 2% of the world's population disappears. They just literally out of nowhere disappear. Like they're driving cars, they disappear. He is a chief of police in a town in New York. His... I don't think anyone from his immediate family um, disappears, but his wife kind of goes crazy and joins a cult after it. And he's dealing with his um, his crazy, literally like crazy dad. But he may or may not be the Messiah. So it's just so weird. It's such a weird show. And I've always liked this character. There's some as the series goes on, it gets weirder and weirder. Like maybe he's a spy, too. There's all some weird stuff going on. It's just such a cool show. And. I like the idea of potentially being um, the chosen one. So uh, well, sure. <laughs> I will go. Yeah, I will go with a very complicated Kevin Garvey from The Leftovers, which is not a good answer, but it's the first thing that came yeah, to mind. Yeah, which is what we're asking for here. Yeah. All right, real quick. What, w- what would your answer be? Okay, Lorelai Gilmore. Oh, I she's love great. Her. She's perfect, literally. I like I love Lauren Graham, but I love her character the best. Yeah. She's perfect. Rory's a pain in the ass, but Lorelai. I can't stand Rory. <laughs> especially in the later seasons. Like first few like, seasons, Rory yeah, is fine. She's cute and young. And then once she starts being like a brat, I it's like unwatchable. Not a big fan of uh of of college Rory. Glad we agree. Uh, anyway, okay, so moving on. Um, this is my first question to you, Tia. If you had six months with no obligations or financial constraints, what would you do with your time during those six months? Okay, I would travel. Where Where would you go? I would go to 
Italy. That's like number one on my bucket list. Like I can't move on with my life until I've been to Italy. Good. Any any particular place or just all of it? Um, like Sicily, Rome, and like the Amalfi Coast. That's where I want to go. But I don't think I would spend six okay. months there. So I guess I would then switch it up and go to like Switzerland, the like castle cities up there with all the snow. Okay. I think I could do six months of that. Sure. Yeah, of course. Like if I have any budget, right? So yeah, then I would no like go first constraints. class yeah. and <laughs> stay in five star hotels. Yeah, I mean, if you had... That's hard. Like there are so many things I would do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you had no financial constraints, maybe you could start a charity and give back. But that's fine. If you want to spend it all on traveling, that's totally... No, I'm kidding. That's what the question's about. The question... That's what the question's about. So. All right, good. All right. That was actually one of my questions for oh, really? you. But I put some extra because I knew that would happen. Yeah. Well, mine would just be like, I would go... Assuming this is when the world is back to normal, like... I'd see as much theater as possible. I'd read as much as possible. I would. But honestly, I would probably start some sort of foundation because why the hell not? All right. So what is your next question? I'm piggybacking off of my last question. These are very tailored to you, by the way. Oh, So okay, if great. Hollywood made a movie about you, what celebrity would you like to see play the lead role as you? I mean, The Rock, uh, of course. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. So here's the question. If Hollywood, would it be like a, a biopic? Would it be a movie musical? Like these are different, like these are different, you know, acting ranges for people. How would you want Hollywood to portray your life? Like musical form? I wouldn't. My life is boring. I like I would want to be in a musical. My life is boring. <laughs> There's nothing to sing about. It's so boring. But I would probably go with, give me a sensible, like Justin Bateman. Like, not the world's like greatest actor, not mm -hmm. some heartthrob or anything, but like a normal funny guy who's a good actor. He does great work on Ozarks, but he's like he's funny, too. He's done a lot of comedies, but just like he's like a normal guy. Like that's who I, I would go with a good, sensible Justin Bates. Yeah. What about you? Other than the actress who Ugh. plays uh, Willow on General Hospital, who would you go with? <laughs> Like, I don't know if I should pick someone whose, like, personality I like or if I should just go based on, like, who looks like me. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. She doesn't look like me, but Emma Stone. I could see. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I love everything she's in and I love her personality. Yeah. I'm with that. Okay. So this is an important one yeah. that is not exactly the type of question that we've been doing so far, but I feel like this is important to our oh, continued no. working relationship. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> There's only one right answer. And if you get it wrong, I'm hanging up this call right away. I think it's, I don't think it's a sandwich. That is the correct answer. Okay. Because I've, a sandwich has to be, it has, it has to be like the two flat pieces of bread. Well, I mean, I can put a hot dog on pieces of bread. The, the difference is, is that I can say, go get a pack of hot dogs and it's just the meat. They don't have the bun with it. So of course it's not a sandwich. You put the hot dog in the bun. Okay. So it's like a trick question. <laughs> no, this is something that legitimately intelligent people argue over all the time. And they're dumb because the answer is so simple. <laughs> Anybody who says a hot dog is a sandwich is stupid. And you've heard it here first. You can tweet me at Tia Johnson <laughs> underscore. At the very least, I would say it's more like a taco. We're not we're not going there, but <laughs> okay. a hot dog is a hot dog. Um, okay, so that was beside the point. But my real question is, what do you see your life being like in 10 years? I imagine I will have two kids in a house living in Columbus. Okay. I currently reside in Philadelphia. We're definitely going to move back to Columbus, Ohio. 
It's where all my family is. There are no professional football teams in Columbus, though, just making sure. So you're saying... <laughs> 10 I mean, years is quite the that's NFL true. career. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 13 or 14 at that point, really. But I mean, he's a punter, so I mean... Yeah. I mean, they have long track records. Anyway, yeah, yeah go ahead. I will have been to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's all... Oh, I will have three dogs. I currently have two. I would have at least one more. I was going to say, how many I would say how many dogs? I'm surprised it's three, honestly. I thought it would be like That's five. That's like what Cam is limiting me to. But I was like, okay, three big dogs oh. and one little dog. Well, especially if you've got a house with a yard, like yeah. with a fenced-in yard. Thank like, you. Dude, go to town. <laughs> I mean... If I bring a dog home, what can he do? He won't turn it away. So yeah, that's where I'll be. What about um, you? I would imagine I will be uh, living in New York. I live I live in Orlando, Florida right now. Um, I'll be living in New York. I will be producing. I currently edit and produce podcasts for a true crime network. I would imagine I will still be with them. Hopefully, knock on wood. But I think by then I will have we I. I I just get the feeling that we're eventually going to move into TV and documentaries. So I would imagine that I will be uh, working, still dabbling in podcasts because that's our our bread and butter. But, um, you know, helping create new shows there. But I imagine we'll be working on documentaries and TV shows uh, by then. Or we sell it by then and uh, I take the money that I get from the sale because I uh, have a piece of it. And uh, retiring and living on the Amalfi Coast, wherever the hell that is. <laughs> Google it. You'll, you'll be all for it. <laughs> okay, good. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's do one more question a piece. Okay. If you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island, but all of your human needs were taken care of, like food and water, what two items would you want to have with you? Well, first off, I feel like we looked at the exact same websites and I went through all of the questions that had unique interview questions. I was like, oh, that's too cliche. Like, that's too obvious. I'm not going to do that one. And they're all the ones that you picked. So <laughs> I genuinely want to know these things. So thank you for being basic. <laughs> so I would say um, if all of my food and water and safety and shelter and stuff was taken care of, I would want a speedboat to get the hell off the the island and uh, a satellite phone to call people to tell people that I'm stuck on an <laughs> island. Is that cheating? <laughs> Is that cheating? No, no, that's okay. Talk about a basic answer. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. What? Well, I'm just I've kidding. seen that's lost. Smart. I don't want to stay on the You're island. Right. You're right. I want to stay on it. Jeez. If I was staying on the island, I would say I'm not a big fan of reading books on tablets because I like to have the book themselves, but I would want a completely stocked like Kindle or whatever to like read basically the entire library of the world because um, I can't imagine there's good cable service there. So I'd want to download, have them all downloaded on like a 70 terabyte Kindle or whatever. And then I guess I would want somebody else. I would go yeah. crazy if I was there by myself. You know, like, like I, I know this is probably isn't really the spirit of the question, but like, I don't know, a friend or a partner or somebody, I don't know. I, I would just go take a long walk into the ocean if I was there by myself for too long. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those are good. All right. My last question is a bit weird. It's a little personal. So again, if you don't like this question, you can tell me to shove off. But this comes from a tweet from Kristen Lopez, who is the TV editor at the website IndieWire, which is like a entertainment website. This comes from um, actually like three and a half years ago. She tweeted, who are your foundational five, which is in quotes, the first five celebs that you ever had a crush on? 
So I want to know, Tia, who your foundational five, first five crushes were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your questions are so much better than mine. Okay. Zach Efron and Corbin Blue from High School Musical. My Nick God. Jonas. I'm just picturing like my middle school locker with all of the <laughs> magazine pictures on the door. Fair. Those three. Um, Chad Michael Murray. And I, this is awful, but Chris Brown. Like pre Rihanna, you know, <laughs> yeah. like this was way back when he wasn't a horrible person. But I, those were my first five for sure. Okay, I have one in here who is very suspect as well. So um, really, I asked you this question to get to mine because I never get to talk about mine on any podcast because it's weird. But I'm <laughs> glad I uh, weaseled this in there. So uh, mine would be. Um, she goes by a different name now, but Tiffany Amber Thiessen, uh, she no longer uses the Amber, uh, but of course, Tiffany Thiessen from Saved by the Bell, Kelly Kapowski. Saved by the Bell was a TV show that aired on Saturday mornings, Tia, if you're unfamiliar with what that is. <laughs> then it would be Sarah Michelle Geller, who I first saw on an afternoon um like kids soap opera kind of thing called Swan's Crossing. She quickly went from that to All My Children, which I, of course, also watched where she was uh, Kendall Hart, Susan Lucci, Erica Kane's daughter. Then she went on to, so then she was Buffy and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then she was in Cruel Intentions. And that just kind of wrapped it all up right there. Mm -hmm. um, then there was Alicia Silverstone, more from the Aerosmith videos that she did. She did three videos with Aerosmith. Um, I didn't. I saw those before I saw Clueless and whatever other movies she did that I can't remember off the top of my head, but very much from the Aerosmith videos. And she did one with Liv Tyler, who also co-starred in The Leftovers, which goes back to my uh, answer about the, per the fictional person I'd want to be. Then Gwen Stefani from the I'm Just a Girl video, um, <laughs> because, yep. And finally, <laughs> my one who's a little controversial here, her name is Tammy Lynn Sitch. She was the um, the valet or manager for the um, WWF tag team, the Body Donnas. Um, she went by Sunny at the time. She eventually did a lot of drugs and is now in prison, I believe. So that one's a little embarrassing that I mean. Not as high profile as Chris Brown, but uh, in the same vein. So it says Tiffany she's Thiessen, out of prison, Sarah Michelle. For the record. Oh, is she out? Of oh, mm. is she good? That's great. I I'm glad that <laughs> she's out. Um, I haven't checked up on her late. She's she's a mess. But but yeah. So Tiffany Thiessen, Sarah Michelle Geller, Alicia Silverstone, Gwen Stefani, and Sonny of the Bonnie Donnas. So that's my foundation. I like it. We are so different in ages that like your people weren't even born when when I had these crushes basically. <laughs> It's not true, but it's close. I know. Well, they were all in the little like teeny bop Disney yes, movies in the 2000s. Yeah. So <laughs> I have seen Corbin Blue on Broadway, though. Never interviewed him, but I have uh, seen him on Broadway and Kiss Me Kate. He's great. He's a phenomenal dancer, like really, really good. Uh, all right, Tia, that brings us to our recommendation section um, for today. Do you want to go first? Do you have a good recommendation for today? No, you go first. So my recommendation is something that is very much on brand for me. It is the new uh, Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show WandaVision. It is actually the first TV show ever from Marvel Studios, which is different than Marvel TV, which has done other um, stuff. They've kind of been siphoned off and done away with. But this is the first Marvel Studios TV show. It follows the Scarlet Witch Wanda Maximoff, who is played by Elizabeth Olsen, the younger sister of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. And The Vision, played by Paul Bettany. But what's so interesting about this is... Spoiler alert for um, for Infinity War, 
Paul Bettany's character, Vision, is killed in, in that movie. They take the Mind Stone out of him because he's a robot and he can no longer be sentient. But what's interesting is, is this show... We don't really know what's going on. The first two episodes have already been released as we're recording this. The third episode will be released on Friday of this week. But from what we understand, the first f six episodes of the nine episodes that are released in this season, um, and we don't know if there's going to be a second season, but they are all paying homage to sitcoms of various decades. The first episode was like an I Love Lucy, um, Dick Van Dyke um uh, tribute. The next one was a uh, Bewitched, and then we've also we're also going to see references to like um, the Brady Bunch and Family Ties and uh, The Office and uh, and uh, Modern Family and stuff like that as they're going through these eras. But there's also something very sinister going on. We don't know exactly what it is, but we know that something's not mm -hmm. right. And they've got some great like supporting people. What's interesting is Deborah Jo Rupp who. Was was the mom on that 70s show she is in it she is in it as well as an as um vision's boss's wife we also have Catherine Hahn, who is perfect in everything. She plays the next door neighbor, Agnes. And then there's folks like Kat Dennings and Randall Park, who have both been in other Marvel stuff. They're reprising their roles in that. Emma Caulfield from the aforementioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in it. It's really, really good. I've only seen the first two because that's all that's been out. But it's seven episodes. Very, very much looking forward to the rest of, of WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. On Disney+. Plus. See, I need to get Disney+. Plus. And I'm just you just need to get all the streaming stuff like I just I just suck it up and I get all the streaming yeah. stuff because when people talk about stuff like that, that's why I got Apple TV plus was just because everyone talked about how great Ted Lasso was. I fi figured I had to get it. OK, I mine came to me like immediately after I told you to go first. And that is the Tiger Woods documentary that just came out on HBO, kind of similar to the Michael mm, Jordan one, except Tiger Woods, like, did not agree to be in did it or talk. Did not produce it himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, because he is a very private person. But it is super, super intriguing. Like, I had no idea about Tiger Woods' past. Like, I know it probably all came out with his scandal, but I wasn't really paying attention when that happened. I don't know how old I was. But just, like, hearing about... How he was raised and his like home life as a kid, it just kind of shows you why Tiger Woods is the way Tiger Woods is. So highly recommend. And it's only only two parts, but part two came out like last night, I think. So it's a, yeah, two part. It's a two part documentary. It's just called Tiger. It's on HBO. You can watch it on HBO Max. Um, which is another streaming yeah. service you need to get. That's interesting. I don't. I didn't watch the Last Dance. I, I probably. I just. I, I'm not a Michael Jordan fan. I think he's a toolbox. But these things are always interesting because we tend to put celebrities and athletes on such pedestals because of the things that they can do and the talents that they have and the work ethic that they have. And they generally aren't very good people. Uh, and this is very true with Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan to a lesser degree, obviously, but. But still, not a not a Michael Jordan fan. LeBron's the goat. Anyway, uh, yeah, that is all that we have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land Stick to Sports Podcast. If you are finding this episode on our website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. And if you like this particular brand of weirdness, head over to Apple or iTunes wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five star rating. As always, you can follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at Land Grant thirty three, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bww matt. Tia, how many social media handles do you have now? Still three. Actually, four, but I always name three. <laughs> Thank you. 
I am at Tia Johnston underscore. My dogs are at Buddy and Bella underscore. My antique thrift shop store on Instagram is at Philly Thrifts while I am still in Philly. <laughs> exactly. I told you that last week. It was going to be problematic when you move eventually. At Columbus Thrifts. Hopefully that's available soon. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Maybe maybe we want to lock that down now. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you to the negative six of you that are still listening. We will talk to you <laughs> soon. And as always, go Bugs. Go Bugs.